The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the best thing on the Internet, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Whether you're planning to buy or sell a house, call in now with your question. Our goal is to help you with any real estate transaction. So turn off the cat videos and pay attention. Here's your host, Duncan Smythe. Welcome to House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Our phone number is 866-472-5788 if you have a real estate question. Today we're going to talk about renting. I titled this segment, Help, I'm Living in My Parents' Basement. This will be especially good information for anyone who's planning to rent for the first time. Uh, So if it's your first apartment, it's liberating, but it's also pretty stressful. What do you need to know to get started? The first question, of course, what is your budget? Uh, There's a lot of money involved in this. First, you have to pay rent. You know that already, but you have to consider all of your other expenses. It's not just the rent you'll have to pay. There are a lot of associated costs. Every rental property will require a security deposit. And the amount of this varies. Uh, The deposit can be equal to one month's rent, sometimes a month and a half's rent. The amount of the deposit may be regulated by state law in some states, so you want to research this. This amount is paid up front when you sign the lease. You want to ask the landlord if this is going to be held in an interest-bearing account. Uh, And this may also be governed by state law where you live. You want to check into that. it's the interest bearing, remember, it's your money, so it's just being held by the landlord. So you want to have it in an interest bearing account uh, if that's possible. The deposit money will be refunded to you at the end of the lease if there's no damage to your property, to the property. So that means you're going to get the deposit money back if you don't wreck the place. Some landlords uh, will also demand first month's rent and maybe also last month's rent plus that deposit. So it can get expensive quickly. Plus, if you're going to use a realtor to help you find an apartment, uh, the realtor fee is typically equal to one month's rent also. So, if you've got a piece of paper in front of you and a calculator, here's how this works out. If you're renting a $1,000 a month apartment, you're looking at a $1,500 security deposit, $1,000 for the first month's rent, $1,000 for the last month's rent if the landlord requires that, uh, and maybe $1,000 for the realtor fee that can total $4,500. So it's not just the $1,000 rent you have to think about, but it's the other costs also. So what are the monthly costs likely to be? Here are the questions you have to ask. What does the rent include, okay? Does the rent include any utilities? Will you have to pay separately for electric, gas, water, uh, maybe garbage collection, parking your car, internet and cable TV? You know how much that costs. Sometimes certain utilities will be included. Some apartment complexes will include water, for example. But you want to know if there are any other fees because you want to figure that out in your budget up front. If you're living away from home for the first time, you're going to have to set up your own utility accounts with the gas company and uh, the water company and so forth. There's usually an initial deposit required for that, so that's another expense. 
other costs you have to factor in. Renter's insurance. Renter's insurance is going to be required in most leases. If it's not required by your lease, my advice is that you absolutely need it. Uh, The landlord has insurance for the building, but that does not cover your personal belongings. If there's a burglary or a fire, this insurance will cover your personal property, plus it'll protect you if a visitor is injured uh, while visiting your apartment. That's always a possibility. It's great protection. It's not real expensive. Uh, usually a couple hundred bucks a year. Meet with an insurance agent or call one up on the phone and they'll tell you how much it is. Moving expenses. That's another one. Are you hiring somebody to help you move? Are you going to rent a truck? If this is a cost you have to consider. Furniture. You're moving out of your house. You have, may have some furniture, but you're going to need to buy furniture. Uh, so uh, remember, as you and remember, as you search for the right sofa, that it has to fit in the space. You want to measure first before you head to IKEA. Okay, kitchen and bath. Uh, we take a lot of stuff for granted that we have in our homes, uh, but you're going to have to buy small appliances, dishes, towels, uh, knives and forks, all that kind of stuff. You have to take that into account because you're going to need money for that. When you've done your calculations and realize it's going to cost you more than you thought it would, is the move still financially viable? Uh, You might want to consider sharing with a roommate. Okay, how much of your total income should you spend on housing? I would recommend that that no more than one-third of your salary should go toward your housing. Try to keep that in the back of your mind. That's a comfortable figure for people. Uh, One-third is a good starting point. Another step you might take before you start to uh, search is knowing your credit score. This is a good thing because any landlord or rental agent or realtor is going to check your credit score. So you want to know it first. Uh, You want to check your credit report, have a look at it. Uh, There may be inaccuracies that you can correct or small problems with your credit that you can clean up before you start the process. Okay, once you've got your budget figured out, How do you find a place to rent? Okay, and here are the things you need to think about. First question, where am I going to move? Do you need to be near work, near school? Do you want to stay near home, Uh, near your girlfriend or boyfriend maybe? This is the first decision you need to make. You have to focus on an area or a town or a neighborhood that best beats your needs. If your primary activity is work, how far is a comfortable driving distance? Do you want to be within 15 minutes, maybe a half hour? Also keep in mind the cost of gas and tolls may become a factor in your commute. When choosing location, money is always a consideration. Some towns are more expensive rental markets than others, and distance from the activities of your daily life may be as important to you as the cost of renting. Know the area you choose. Drive around, walk around, use the internet, use Google Earth. Have a look. Are there there any safety issues in the area? Know the area you're moving to. One great recommendation I can make is try to balance your budget with your lifestyle. Uh, Really close to work in a $1,000 a month apartment or 30 minutes away in a $500 apartment. Those are the kind of uh, balances you have to think about. Remember, work is not your entire life. You also want to be in reasonable proximity to the social centers of your life. Even if your apartment is, say, five minutes from work, Are you now 45 minutes from all the places you hang out? Is there a gym you go to every day? How far away is that? The bottom line, you've got to determine what's most important to you. Is it being near the beach? Maybe that's more important than being near work. Or maybe being near your significant other 
is a factor that trumps everything else. You have to decide what matters to you. One consideration that may influence your search is pets. Many landlords do not allow pets. And if this is one of, one of your primary concerns, you need to ask this first. Because if your dogs are going with you and the apartment allows no pets, that place is off your list and all other questions really don't matter. Uh, there are some websites with pet-friendly rentals you might want to find. So let's say you've chosen a location or a town. So how do you find a place to live? Should you use a realtor? Well, you can use a realtor for this process, but there's usually a cost for the service and not all rental properties are listed with realtors. Uh, they will not have access to every rental property on the market. Apartment complexes, for example, don't always list their rentals with a realtor. They may have a rental office on their premises that, that handles all of their transactions. A lot of individuals who own uh, multifamily dwellings or smaller apartment buildings do not advertise with realtors. A realtor can help you, but may not be your best or most complete resource uh, for a rental search. Local paper is always a good resource. If there is a local paper, this may be a great place to begin the search. Uh, local landlords would still trust the hometown paper and might only advertise there. But the big one, of course, is the internet. That's where everyone searches everything nowadays, of course. And this is where most renters are going to begin the search. And it may be the most comprehensive list of available properties for rent. Lately, Craigslist has become the go-to site uh, for information on rental properties, but there are others uh, that you might want to look at. One quick word about Craigslist, you really have to beware of scams. Uh, there are lots of them on Craigslist and lots of people have been victimized. Here's how it usually works. A scam artist will copy an ad and put an absurdly low price on it with an email address phone number to contact them. And when you make contact, you'll be instructed to wire the deposit money immediately by Western Union if you want to hold the property. Well, you're going to find out pretty quickly that the landlord or the realtor has no knowledge of the party you sent your money to, and it's gone, and you have no apartment. Never send money to someone by Western Union for a rental. Also, another never is never rent a property you haven't inspected personally. If you find a rental you like on Craigslist, contact the landlord and ask for an appointment to see the property. If you still aren't sure it's legit when you get there or the landlord gives you a, a skeevy feeling, pull out your smartphone and start taking pictures. Take a picture of the guy and his car and his license plate number. And if he runs away, something's fishy. Once inside, inspect the apartment thoroughly. Take a look at absolutely everything. Is it large enough? Does it have the amenities you want? Like air conditioning, washer, dryer? Does it have enough storage space? Is there a parking area or a garage? Take your time. Another good thing to do while you're there is talk to the neighbors. Ask the neighbors what it's like living there. Are there any problems you should know about? And look around the outside of the apartment and look to check the area for safety and the neighborhood. What is it like? Is it an okay neighborhood? You may have to look at a dozen places before you find something you really like. Don't rush into it. Think about it carefully. You're going to live here for at least a year. Let's say you've found a place that you like, and it's on your budget, and you've done all the calculations, and you can afford it. You're going to fill out an application. The landlord or a realtor is going to give you an application to fill out, which includes personal information and financial information, and the landlord's going to run a credit check. If you have poor credit or no credit history, your parents may have to co-sign the lease. What this means is they sign their signature goes alongside of yours, and they are also obligated under the lease 
So if you don't pay the rent, they have to. Uh, the landlord may also check references that you provided, and uh, then he'll decide to accept the application, uh, hopefully. Uh, he, the landlord is going to present you with a lease. Here's my best advice. Read it completely. This is a legally binding contract which obligates you financially for a year or longer. You want to read and understand every word. If you have any questions, ask them. If you're not absolutely sure of what you're getting into, take the lease to a real estate attorney and have him review it and explain it to you. Never sign something you don't completely understand. Typically, the term of a lease or the length of a lease is one year, but this is negotiable. Uh, there may be special circumstances. It is not unusual, for example, uh, for an apartment in a college town to be rented just for the duration of the school year, like September to May. I once had a client who uh, wanted to rent a house in March until the end of his daughter's senior year in high school, so the landlord agreed to a 16-month lease. But the term of the lease, generally, that is negotiable. Other items in the lease you want to note, is there a grace period for payment of the rent? Is there a penalty if it's paid late? What happens if you have to break the lease? Are you responsible to pay the balance of the money in that case? Do you forfeit your deposit money? Uh, some apartment complex will, complexes will allow you to break the lease with a cancellation penalty. You want to know this in advance. Uh, and also, can you sublet your apartment? This is usually covered in the lease, but you want to ask. Okay, when we come back after the break, I'm going to talk a little bit about discrimination and what to expect on moving day, and I have a couple of email questions on renting. So, um, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at HousetalkGuy or email him at HousetalkGuy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Hi, I'm Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Many people are seeking to make a difference in the world, but few actually have the tools to do so. Every week, host Mary Beth Lodge and her guests will have you thinking forward and will give you the tips to keep your life, goals, priorities, and choices on track. 
The result is an easier, happier, and more inspired life. The name of the program is What Matters. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What really matters is the positive changes that you'll bring to your life and the world just by listening. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. I want to talk just briefly about uh, discrimination. Anyone who's renting has to at least consider this. Uh, There is federal law. The landlord cannot refuse to rent to you for race, color, creed, national origin, religion, gender, disability, marital marital status, uh, whether or not you have children. The exception there would be senior housing complexes. And in addition, that's federal law. In addition to that, Uh, Many states also have laws covering uh, gender identity and sexual orientation, but not all of them. So, okay, Uh, we have a caller on the line. Uh, Jack from New Jersey, you're on House Talk. Hi, Duncan. Yeah, I have a question about uh, renting in a private home. The pluses and minuses of considering just going to a private home and having a room. Yeah, that's a great question. And as a matter of fact, I got a couple of email questions that are right along those uh, those lines. Uh, here, it, uh, you know, it's a ticklish question because you have a lot of concerns as a landlord. People can wreck your house. People cannot pay the rent. There are a lot of, of uh, negatives to being a residential landlord. And uh, one quick question you might have in mind is, can you be selective about your potential tenants? Yes, you can. You can, you can choose people. Uh, you can choose the couple you like best or the family you like best. You can say, I don't want any dogs. I don't want any smokers. Uh, you can do that. I recommend you investigate potential tenants thoroughly. If you're using a realtor, the realtor can help you with that. Um, because if call their references, definitely call their prior landlord and ask, were they problem tenants? You want to know that. Uh, did they pay their rent on time? And definitely, I would have a great real estate attorney draft a lease that will address every issue that's in your mind. Because a comprehensive lease will cover most issues, and it, it may also ease your mind a little bit. Yeah, I didn't realize that, that realtors might handle that situation of a private home. Yes, absolutely. Uh, realtors handle rentals as well as home sales. Yeah. And, and any good local realtor can certainly answer any question you have and uh, help you through the process. Okay, very good. Thanks a lot, and Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. Thanks. Okay, a couple of more things about renting. Um, let's say you've signed the lease and you paid your deposit and any money that's due, and the landlord hands you the keys. Uh, it's now moving day, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to walk through the house, the same as a buyer does when they're purchasing a home. They do a walkthrough on the day of the closing. You want to walk through with the landlord and look at everything and make sure it works. The refrigerator should work, the shower any water faucets, light fixtures. And here's a great recommendation. Before you move in, take photos of the entire apartment while it's still empty. 
the kitchen, bathroom, bedrooms, hallways, every corner of the property. This is especially true if something is broken or not functioning. Uh, this is for your protection in case anything happens. Uh, anybody who watches Judge Judy knows that uh, it's a, if a landlord claims you damaged something, you need to prove it was already broken when you moved in. So having pictures of the whole place is a great idea. Also, uh, you want to make sure you have working smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detector. That's probably provided by the landlord. Make sure the batteries are fresh. Also, make sure you have contact, in, contact information for the landlord. Any problems may arise. Things do break. You need to be able to reach the landlord 24-7. And once you've moved in, if you have a complaint or an issue, you're going to call the landlord immediately. I strongly recommend you follow up in writing so you have proof of your complaint. An email or an actual written letter would be a, good, would be a great thing to have. Okay, we have a caller on hold. Uh, Dahlia, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Duncan. How are you? Good. Um, I, I have a question that's not really about renting. Is that okay? Sure. All right. I, I live in a pretty good neighborhood. Mm-hmm. My neighbor around the corner put her house on the market, put an ad in the paper, put a sign in her front yard. The house sold in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Why, why should I hire a realtor and, and pay, you know, 5 6% commission? Well, that's a great it question. Her a, it cost her a couple hundred dollars to do ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here's the, here's the answer. There, there are, uh, how long do you have is my first question, because there, there are a lot of reasons you use a realtor. And just the amount you're paying them and trying to avoid the commission is a very small part of it. Let me go over just a few issues you want to think about. First of all, if you're going to uh, sell a house for sale by owner, as, as realtors call it FISBO, which is for sale by owner, FSBO, when you, uh, safety is your first concern, Okay. Because when you put an ad in the paper, anyone can knock on your door and ask to see the house. Even if they call you for an appointment ahead of time, you know absolutely nothing about them. We live in an era when people put multiple locks on their doors and spend large sums of money on alarm system. Anyone who comes in contact with our children has their background investigated. We worry constantly about our security and our family's security. We hear stories in the news about home invasions. This may be rare. But do you really think allowing a total stranger into your house is a good idea? Someone you know absolutely nothing about? Your family's safety is a major concern. That's one, that's one issue, safety. And a realtor, of course, screens anyone they bring to the house. Everyone is pre-screened and pre-approved. They, they screen every person that comes? Oh, absolutely. A realtor doesn't waste their time uh, with, with a person who isn't financially qualified. It's really uh, the number one reason real estate transactions fall apart is failure to obtain a mortgage. How do you know if people looking at your house can even afford to buy it? If the buyers haven't spoken with a bank or mortgage company, they may not even know how much they can afford to spend. Well, Realtors, my neighbor had them, had them bring paperwork from the, from the bank. Okay, well, well sometimes that's, uh, of course, that's what you want to do. You always want to make sure that you have uh, people re- uh, screened ahead of time. But no realtor will waste their time showing houses to people who are not financially qualified and qualified to buy the house in your price range. Uh, a realtor's clients have been pre-approved for, by a professional, and they're only shown houses they can afford to buy. And the realtor presents them with different financing alternatives, which is also helpful. And one other thing, you talk about your neighbor who who used a uh, who spent so much on advertising and so forth. Remember, there's one thing you want to remember: over half of home shoppers search for a house only with a realtor. So if you try to sell on your own, you've instantly lost over half of your potential buyers. 
Every realtor I know has a pool of buyers waiting for the right house to come on the market. I always have everyone I work with. At times during my career, I've had eight or even 10 people looking for homes in a real estate transaction. Having more potential buyers viewing your house translates to greater exposure and the possibility of more offers and a higher sale price. Is it really to your benefit to ignore half of the potential buyers for your house? Not to me, it isn't. I, I hear what you're saying. It just, it sounds like so much money. I mean... You get 6% of my, the price of my house. I mean, that's an awful lot of money to go to one person. Okay, let me, let me clarify something very quickly, okay? If you're going to for sale by owner, try to sell as a FISBO, as we call it. There are two things that are the most important issues to every seller. Every seller I've ever dealt with in my career, two things stick out as being the most important thing they want. That's best price and a quick sale. That's what every seller wants. They want to get the best, most money they can for the house, and they want it to sell quickly. If you are selling your house as a, as a for sale by owner, you're saying, in effect, those two things are not important to me, and here's why. It's a well-known statistic, and it's been published many times over the years. About 87% of sellers who attempt to sell their house for sale by owner eventually end up listing the house with a realtor. So if you're in a time crunch and you want to sell quickly, forget it. It's not going to happen. It's, it's unlikely that it would happen. 75% of people surveyed said they would never attempt to do it again. These are 75% of people who did it successfully, said they would never try to sell their house as a, as a FISBO again. But here's the big one, Thalia. Uh, the National Association of Realtors did a study several years ago, and it showed that homes sold using a realtor sell for 16% more money. Now, you may find that hard to believe. That was a nationwide study that was done, 16% more money. And the, probably the biggest reason is exposure. Because you know, uh, the most important thing when you're buying real estate is location, location, location. You've heard that, right? Mm-hmm. When you're selling a house, it's exposure, exposure, exposure. Marketing is what brings buyers to your front door. And as a home seller, you want every potential buyer to know your house is on the market, every one. And not just in your immediate area, a lot of home buyers come from outside of your area, even from other states. You cannot expose your house to the market like a realtor does. If, if your home isn't pro- prominently displayed in national websites, most home buyers will never even know about it. Right. Can, can you explain to me real quickly mm-hmm. who, who gets the commission? I mean, does the seller pay it? Does the buyer pay it? Mm-hmm. Does it? Does the selling agent get it all? Where does that commission? I mean, it just seems like so much money. Well, the the, um, the commission is paid by the seller. It comes from the transaction, but the commission is being paid by the seller, and that's what okay. you're concerned you're concerned with, of course. But and it goes to on. the seller's agent. No, no, no. Uh, if, a lot of people feel that realtors make too much money, but but. Here's something you want to know about. The commission is divided a lot of different ways, okay? Uh, commission, half of the check, when you go to a closing and you're looking at that check that's going to the real estate company, half of that check goes to the the uh, this company that represents the seller and the other half goes to the company that represents the buyer. The agent who's working for you trying to sell your house is getting about half of that money from the company. And frequently- So split four ways. Well, at, at least four ways, okay? Because if any of the agents, if the agent involved has gotten a client by referral, and this is very common, which means another agent or a relocation company provided that client to the agent, in this case, 30% and sometimes 40% of the agent's cut of the commission is paid back to the referral company. So in many cases, 
your, your agent, the person who actually did all that work for you, is actually taking home less than 1% of the sale price uh, and has to, then, has to pay ta- then has to pay taxes on it, of course. And keep in something else in mind. Realtors are independent contractors. Uh, they don't get a salary. They don't get benefits. They get no health insurance. We have to buy that ourselves. So it's all of a sudden it doesn't seem like as much money as you thought it was when you see that check coming out of yeah, your closing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, couple- thank you very much. That's, that's good information. I, 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 those are things I didn't know. Okay. Okay. And, there, and one other one other thing I just want to mention while I have you on the phone: the realtor will help you with staging your house, which is a huge benefit to you. Also, a realtor what does helps that you mean, make, staging. Well, enhancing your house. Realtors are experts at what makes a house sell for more money. They know every device, every technique to make your house more appealing to buyers. And these recommendations are one of the most valuable services your realtor is going to provide. Your realtor is going to walk through the house and examine it thoroughly and make suggestions. This information is worth its weight in gold. You might find, after following the realtor's suggestions, that your house could actually be listed for more money than you thought. Hmm. Also, the realtor will help you with negotiations. Uh, will help all you with- realtors can do that? They all oh, can sure. do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, any, any good full-time local realtor is handles legal considerations all the time. We're not attorneys, but we deal with legal issues like tank removals, oil tank removal, radon gas, lead paint, seller disclosure. You have to know where you stand on those issues. And selling on your own, you just don't know that. Huh. Well, okay. Thank you for all the information. <laughs> well, thank, you so, I, thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Uh, happy New Year. Same to you. Happy New Year. Uh, we're we're going to go to a break. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at HousetalkGuy or email him at HousetalkGuy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Hi, I'm Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show. You're back with House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Uh, We have a caller. Anne is on the line. Hi, Anne. You're on House Talk. Hi, Duncan. Hi. What's your question? I have a concern. My house has been on the market for about three months. Mm-hmm. I've only been shown twice. Kind wow. of wondering what it is my realtor is supposed to be doing. Okay. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, what state do you live in? Ohio. Okay. And uh, how much is your house listed for? It's listed for 450000 Okay, now here's a critical question. What price did your realtor recommend you list at? Well, she recommended three ninety nine. Wow. Wow. Well, but my uh, neighbor's house down the block, similar mm-hmm. house, sold for more than four hundred. I think it was four twenty five and that was only back in two thousand and five. Oh, okay. <laughs> two thousand five is kind of a long time ago, Anne. Uh the value of your neighbor's house a few years ago, several years ago, has absolutely no bearing on the value today, okay? When a realtor or an appraiser consider the value of a house, usually only homes sold in the past six months are considered comparable. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's why your, your realtor is, your, is a great resource here because your realtor is unbiased and impartial, and that's a, that's a benefit to you in the, in the process of pricing. Uh, mm-hmm. And here's, you know, it, why you would overprice it by $50,000, just it's a little bit of stump speed, just a little bit, because when you work with a realtor, to help sell your home, essentially you've hired a consultant uh, mm-hmm. who's an ex an, a consultant who's an expert on the local real estate market. So, why would you hire somebody for their expertise and experience and then ignore their advice? That yeah. always mystifies me because they remember something: the amount you want or need to sell for is completely irrelevant. It has no bearing yeah. on market value. Hmm. When you overprice a house. Um, Every realtor knows right away because realtors are very familiar with the market, but so are buyers now. Buyers are very sophisticated, and the Internet has lots of information uh, that buyers can find out what homes have sold for, etc. You know what realtors are thinking when you overprice by $50,000? They're thinking uh, that... That you're not really serious about selling. Oh. And, it's, and you don't sound like that to me. You sound no, like someone really No, I'm, I am serious. Yeah. Huh. But any educated buyer who has studied the market is going to know your house is overpriced. They're not naive. You know what? Two of the phrases I hear most often from a buyer when we walk into an overpriced house is, what are they thinking? And these people are dreaming. Those are very common oh things. We oh, hear. dear. <laughs> if, you, if, you are, if you are serious about selling your house, Overpricing is financially shooting yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Now, if you're thinking, and a lot of, of sellers think this way, a lot of sellers think, well, eventually it'll sell. Think again. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not the way the market works. The value of your home may never rise to your dream price. And no. the, longer, the longer it's on the market, the less, the less money you're likely to get for it. Yeah, and it turns out they're not even coming out to look at it. Well, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of sellers feel that, if you're, that the right buyer hasn't shown up yet. That's what they keep, I keep hearing. Oh, the right buyer just hasn't shown up mm-hmm, yet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a fantasy. You can logically make that argument in the first week, maybe two weeks. But anyone who's looking for a house like yours will definitely get there within three to four weeks. I mean, every realtor I know yeah. has, a, has buyers uh, on the line who are looking at houses and maybe they can't get out from the city or from the country. They can't get there this week. But three to four weeks, anyone who wants to see your house has seen your house or they know about it and they're not going to come to see it. Uh, and when you first list your house, there's an initial excitement with a new listing. It, it generates you know, a lot of excitement oh, in the real estate community. And now that it's been three months, you pretty much lost the market. That initial, that initial energy is gone. Wow. Uh, uh, and you, when you first sit down with your realtor and, uh, and talk about a price opinion, uh, here's what happens. You, you had a price opinion and your realtor had a price opinion. And um, it's, you know, it's now 12 weeks later and you've had no offers. Pretty much the way it, we say it is, the market has spoken. It's no longer a matter of your opinion or my opinion or your realtor's opinion. The market has spoken, and unfortunately, you've been proven wrong. Your price opinion was wrong. Yeah, so right. I, would say, I would say the best thing you can do is um, call your realtor right now and say reduce it. <laughs> reduce it to the price you recommend. Uh, wow. here's, yeah. like, here's, another, here's another tip for any listener, though. If you think your realtor has recommended a price that's way out of line or totally mm-hmm. crazy, uh, most offices that I'm familiar with, real estate offices, have what they call a, a pricing team, which is a group of the most experienced agents. And you can ask your realtor, would you mind bringing over a pricing team? And she'll come over with maybe a half dozen or eight people, and they will all walk around the house and give their opinion. This gives you the benefit of the experience of a large group of realtors, and maybe your realtor was off by a little bit. Uh, you know, right. but th- that's, that's entirely possible. That sounds very interesting. Oh, I would definitely try that if you're not sure what your of what your yeah, realtor is doing. I'm, almost, I'm feeling like, what can I do now? Reduce it, but I've kind of lost the moment, haven't I? Well, uh, not necessarily. You can still. That doesn't mean the house isn't going to sell. It still mm-hmm. means the house may sell. But you, I would talk to your realtor right away and have a really serious discussion and say, look. It's been three months. I was, I made a mistake. I was wrong about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you recommend I put it on for right now? The main market may not be as good as it was three months ago. It might be better than it was three months ago, but you don't know until, and now, by the way, now we're moving into January, which in many areas of the country, it, the market starts to move a little more briskly. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean your, that does not mean your house is worth $50,000 more, but it does right. mean there are, there are more buyers and new buyers coming into the market. But I would get that price down wow, quickly. Wow, that's really good. That's really what you need to do. I mean, I'm not happy about it. But it <laughs> sounds like good advice. Oh, oh, I totally get it. Uh, but the thing is, you know, your house is worth what it's worth. It, it, you can't, yeah. uh, you, uh, you, your house is never worth more because you price it higher. It's worth what the market will bear. It's a market-driven price. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and that's something you want to keep in the back of your Gosh, mind. It's not- I think I'm going to have to have a glass of wine. <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm having well, some right now. Well, it is New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, just that's great. Just not too much, you know. Oh, really? Any, uh, all right. <laughs> any any other questions I can answer? Not tonight, but I love your show. I think you'll hear from me again. 
I look forward to it, Anne. And happy New Year, Duncan. A, yes, you too. Have a great New Year. All right. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Okay. Let me go back to, I had a couple of... Um, a couple of other email questions about renting I want to go back to. Uh, Barbara writes, can I be refused a rental if I have a service dog? Barbara, the answer is no. You cannot be refused for having a service dog. And you do not have to reveal the purpose the animal is there. Um, if, for example, if it's, it you know, it doesn't matter whether it's for uh, blindness or deafness or, or social anxiety, you don't have to reveal the purpose of the animal. Uh, you might have to reveal to the... Um, to the landlord, you might have to provide a letter from a doctor, for example, but you don't have to reveal why you have the dog. Uh, Susan writes, what, if, what happens if I have a roommate and he moves out before the end of the lease? There's a lesson to be learned about this. All tenants should sign the lease. If you're in a share, everybody gets obligated. That's the way it works. Otherwise, that person can leave any time. You want everyone on the, who's living in the apartment to be under the same obligation as you are. Uh, can, another question she had was, can I paint? The answer is usually yes, uh, but this is a question for the landlord. If you paint it a crazy color, the landlord may insist you repaint it before you vacate the apartment at the end of the lease. Uh, neon pink in the living room, I, yeah, not a good idea. Also, she asks, if my next door neighbor makes too much noise, what can I do? First thing you do, talk directly to the neighbor. Uh, just talk to them and say, look, you're making too much noise. I have to get up early. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then if that doesn't work, talk to the landlord, report it to the landlord, and see if the landlord can settle it. Sometimes, unfortunately, in extreme cases, you may have to involve the police, but uh, I would probably try to avoid that. John writes, uh, what about window guards? Window guards in an apartment. When you rent an apartment to a family with children, uh, this law varies from state to state. Where I am in New Jersey, you must provide window guards uh, if the child is under 10 years old and the window is a certain distance above the ground. I, uh, unfortunately, I don't remember how high that is right now. Uh, Lizzie writes, I'm approaching the end of my lease. When do I need to notify my landlord that I want to renew? Uh, this is going to be in the lease, Lizzie. Take, take a look back at your lease. It is typically 30 days, but uh, it might be different in your lease. Okay, Sherry writes, my lease says I'm responsible for the first $100 of each repair. What does this mean? Uh, this is a phrase we find in leases all the time. Uh, it's, it's there for the landlord's protection. The landlord puts it in for their own protection. Uh, they want to protect themselves from tenants that are too demanding. And this does happen. Some tenants will pay the rent and create no problem. The landlord never hears from them. Whereas other tenants will seize the opportunity to call the landlord for any small thing. And landlords don't like that, as you can imagine. If you call frequently for minor issues, landlord's not going to be happy with you. Uh, that $100 fee will insulate them from constant calls. Uh, Ada writes, can I ask the landlord to paint and clean the carpet before I move in? Absolutely. That's a negotiation point when you're talking to your landlord. Uh, as you walk through and the carpet is disgusting or it's horrible condition, you can say to the landlord, I'll agree to the rent, but will you paint and clean first? And usually you can negotiate that. Um, okay, let's go to a break. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at HousetalkGuy or email him at HousetalkGuy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Hi, I'm Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Tune in every week for Impact Africa with host Tope Fajanbasi. Get ready to be inspired by the people, stories, and opportunities in Africa. We're a community of Africans and friends of Africa living all over the world. Together, we'll celebrate the continent's successes and help provide solutions to some of its greatest challenges. Impact Africa can be heard every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Together, we'll discover that the real Africa is more than what you hear about. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com. Or tweet Duncan at House Talk Guy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Okay, I'm going to take an email question. Ryan from California writes, I'm thinking of a career change, and I have a couple of friends tell me I'd be great at selling real estate. Can you tell me more about how to start? Sure. Uh, many people express an interest in selling real estate as a career, uh, but few really understand what's involved. It can be an enjoyable and rewarding career, but it also has negative aspects. Between 2000 and 2005, uh, the real estate market was absolutely booming, and membership of the National Association of Realtors rose from 700,000 to more than 1.3 million. Since then, it's dropped to about a million. But there's more to being a realtor than having a driver's license and a clean car. Let's start with educational requirements. Each state has a real estate commission, which is responsible for implementing and enforcing state law and regulations governing real estate transactions. Each state has different licensing requirements. Uh, Most mandate some type of schooling. Uh, There is usually a state test, which can be difficult, and continuing education every year or every other year. 
Additionally, the company you work for may also have introductory classes uh, and uh, apprenticeships or mentor programs to help you learn the ropes of selling real estate. In the state of New Jersey where I work, the basic requirements are a minimum age of 18, high school diploma, uh, a 75-hour real estate licensing course, and a state exam. That's pretty much standard around the country as far as I know, to the best of my knowledge. Um, time demands. The real estate business can be very time demanding. This is one aspect of the business that can cause aspiring realtors to lose interest pretty quickly. Realtors almost always work on the weekend, so if that's a problem for you, you might want to rethink it. Uh, think about the time you went and bought your home. When did you want to look at houses? Evenings and weekends. So don't count on being home with your family all the time. Additionally, a good realtor is available to customers whenever needed, and it's not always convenient. I can't count the number of times my phone is rung and I've been forced to skip a meal or I've been late for a, for a date or a get-together. It's just the nature of the profession. A friend of mine once pointed out, oh, you can work your own hours. And I responded, yeah, that's true. I can work any 60 hours a week I want. According to the National Association of Realtors, the average realtor works 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, but if you don't care to work a lot of hours, including on weekends, then you probably should consider a different line of work. It can be a really stressful occupation. Uh, several years ago, the New York Times ran a story that listed the top 10 most stressful occupations. And uh, to the surprise of not one single realtor, uh, we made the list. <laughs> the, the job can be very rewarding, but it can also be very demanding. Uh, and more than most jobs, there are a, a myriad of continuing details. It's a very detail-heavy business. As a realtor, you're always at the center of the transaction. Uh, that is to say, you're at the center of each step between every party to the deal. Daily communication is required between the seller, the buyer, the other realtor, the home inspector, the attorneys, the appraiser, the mortgage company, the municipal zoning officer, all of that goes through you as the realtor. You're pretty much controlling and running the transaction. You have to be fully aware of everything that's happening between all parties to the transaction all the time. And more often than not, things don't run smoothly. There are always questions, disagreements, negotiations. You'll constantly be handling requests for information. Your phone rings at all hours of the day. And any problem or disagreement that arises is going to precipitate a phone call to you. You're sort of the glue that holds the whole deal together when you're a realtor. And it's common for the realtor to receive the blame if something goes wrong in the transaction, even if it's really not their fault. And this activity continues every single day from 60 to 90 days until the closing is scheduled. Uh, and if you become really successful in real estate, try balancing five or 10 transactions at the same time. The life of a realtor is typically hectic and stressful. Uh, money. Can you make money? Most realtors are independent contractors working on a commission. That means you don't get paid until you sell a property and it closes. No weekly salary, no benefits, no health insurance. You have to take care of that yourself. Uh, it's a great advantage in this business if you have a spouse who can provide medical coverage. Um, generally, outsiders, if you were listening earlier, outsiders believe that realtors are earning much more than they actually are. Uh, the truth is that the nationwide median income last year for realtors uh, was about $43,000, and that's up $10,000 from the year before. It was like $33,000, $34,000 the year before. Your business builds with time, but it can never be predicted. 
it's not at all uncommon for a realtor to have a great year followed by a year in which they earn half of what they did in the prior year. And many agents earn absolutely nothing the first year in business. Not for a lack of trying, because even with monumental effort, deals may not come together. Uh, I know people who have made absolutely no money in their first year in the business, but according to the National Association of Realtors, uh, in yearly income uh, for the first two years in real estate uh, is less than $10,000 a year. Also, a lot of your time is non-productive in real estate. Uh, it doesn't always start out that way, but it just happens. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story of one of my early encounters with a client. Uh, early, very early, it was the first year in my real estate career. Uh, I spent seven consecutive weekends showing houses to an engaged couple all around my area. I was calling them every day to inform them of new listings. If I didn't call them, they would call me. I began to feel like a member of their family. They were extremely anxious to find the right house. Then one day I received a call from them and they excitedly announced that they'd walked into an open house in another area and bought it immediately. And it was a little difficult for me to share their enthusiasm. Uh, so because I had wasted a lot of time. This has happened to every realtor I know. Uh, the real estate business requires a huge time investment that may not have a positive result. There doesn't always seem to be a lot of loyalty among clients, customers. It's not a job for someone who gets discouraged easily. So you should prepare to earn no money in the first year. Be sure you have sufficient funds in the bank uh, to at least carry you for that first year. Now, if it sounds like I'm trying to dissuade you, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, it's, but it's just not a get-rich-quick scheme. There are pros of being a realtor. Um, a respectable income. There are many realtors who earn over $100,000 a year, although most do not. Uh, it's certainly possible for dedicated agents who are willing to work hard and make the time com commitment to earn that kind of money, but working in the right market area helps too. Work schedule is good as a realtor. That's one thing that gets a definite positive from me. Realtors can make their own schedule. Uh, setting your own appointments is a great convenience. You can usually make yourself available for important events like your kids' ball games, recitals, and other activities like that. Um, it's also a great career choice if you don't want to get up early. Customers typically prefer to visit houses in the afternoon or evening. I can't remember the last time I had an appointment at 8 or 9 in the morning. It doesn't happen often. Uh, working locally has a benefit uh, because if you're a realtor in your hometown, there's something really attractive about working near your house. In my market area, most of my clients are within, within a 10 or 15-minute drive. Uh, People who commute commonly spend 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes traveling each way uh, every single day. That adds up over the course of the year. If I have a break between appointments, I can go home. If I'm in the office until 5, I can be home by 10 after 5. It's great. Um, it's an active job. If you like to stay active, it's great. Uh, if the idea of sitting behind a desk from 9 to 5 makes you itch, this is definitely the job for you. You will never sit behind a desk for eight straight hours. I can't ever remember doing that in my entire career. Uh, the activities, your activities and the demands of the job change every day. So it's always different. And as far as vacation goes, you're self-employed. You can take vacation anytime you want to. doesn't matter. That's up to you. Um, okay, I'm up against the clock. It looks like that's it for today. Um, let me tell you about next week. Join me next week. We're, we're going to start off with, can I get a mortgage? My guest for the hour will be Joe Galeta, founder and president of Millennium Home Mortgage. With over 25 years experience in the mortgage business, he'll bring his unique perspective of the lending process to house talk. Are you qualified for a home loan? 
How do you begin the process? How long does it take? Everything you need to know when applying for a home mortgage. Call me with your questions. Okay, that's going to be next week at the same time, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks to my engineer, Michael Surgit, and my executive producer, Brandy Jackson. If you missed any part of today's show or you want to listen again, go to my show page right here on voiceamerica.com. Happy New Year to everyone. I'm Duncan Smythe, and this has been House Talk. Thank you again for tuning in to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Like us on Facebook and join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.